the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time now for the second hour of the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Great to be with you as always, especially as we end this year and bring about the dawn of a new year. 2023 is just about to begin. Happy New Year, one and all. So great to be with you today. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. If you want to join in to the festivities, we'll be joined in a few minutes by the ambassador of Seoul himself, Biff Gore, he was on season six of The Voice, got very far, and you will hear why he did get very far, because, well, he's going to be singing. He's got a guitar, he's got his voice, I've got my harmonicas, we'll have some jam, we'll have some conversation. It's going to be a great time in the next couple of hours exclusively on 710-KNUS. He's also the pastor at Highline Community Church. He's a military veteran. He's the father of seven kids, and he will be with us here shortly on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. I do want to get to some breaking news that we shared Earlier in the program, in the very beginning. And by the way, my thanks to Jeff Crump. Always great to check in with our friend who was in the music business for decades on the business side. Did a heck of a lot. Brings a wealth of knowledge and a great way of explaining concepts and people and backgrounds and all of that. Um, my thanks for him joining us as usual for our annual check-in on musicians we lost in 2022. At the tail end of 2022, literally the tail end of this year, two major names passed away. One, of course, is Barbara Walters. The legendary broadcaster passed away yesterday at the age of 93. Overnight, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI died at the age of 95. He was a retired pope who led the Catholic Church from 2005 to 2013 before becoming the first pope in nearly 600 years to resign. He died early on Saturday, the Vatican said. This is from the Wall Street Journal. The retired pope was 95 years old. A statement from Matteo Bruni, the Vatican spokesman, didn't specify the cause of death. Pope Francis told pilgrims on Wednesday at the Vatican that his predecessor was very sick, and Mr. Bruni told reporters in a written statement that Benedict's health had deteriorated earlier that day due to advanced aging. Pope Benedict's body will lie in state in St. Peter's Basilica from Monday morning, the Vatican said. 
The funeral will take place on January 5th at St. Peter's Square, presided over by Pope Francis, Bruni said. The German pontiff, an introverted academic who usually appeared ill at ease at the center of attention, emerged as a, they write, controversial champion of traditional teachings and worship decades before his ascension to the papacy. It's always interesting when they say that's controversial. As the Vatican's anti-abuse czar under Pope St. John Paul II, he oversaw a more stringent discipline for abusive clergy but found himself accused in 2022 of covering up abuse early in his career as a bishop. Eventually, he would, of course, go on to become Pope Benedict XVI. Joseph Ratzinger, as he was formerly known, Father Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, dead at the age of 95. May he rest in peace, and as a Catholic, thank you for your leadership um, and it's it's kind of too bad that he retired way early in 2013. We will talk a little bit about Pope Benedict XVI in our conversation with Pastor Biff Gore, the ambassador of soul, as we move ahead with the show. We're going to take an early break. When we come back... The ambassador of soul himself will join us. I got my harps. He's got his guitar and his voice. We'll be picking it up and having some fun on the other side with our annual jam and conversation with Biff Gore on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. 303-696-1971 is our telephone number as we get rolling, rocking and rolling A News Talk 710 KNUS. Oh, so nice. Daniel Castro doing... The Albert King tune, I'll Play the Blues for You. We had so much fun playing this one with the Jimmy Jr. Blues Band last night at Dakota Tavern in Parker. Peter Fisher did the vocals joining us, and he's got an awesome voice, and just everything in that tune went so well. And it is always great to be able to play some music live. And that includes right here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show and Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS, with good friend of mine, good friend of the show. He is known as the Ambassador of Soul. He was a star on season six of The Voice. He's a pastor at Highline Community Church, father of seven kids, military veteran, all-around good guy, Biff Gore, joins me now. Happy New Year, brother. How are you? Happy New Year. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And what a great tradition, man. We get to do this again and again and again. I'm I'm honored to be here. I know. It's great. We get to play some music. We'll have some conversation on who knows where the discussion will go. We didn't really plan out too much except for this interesting news, um, interesting in terms of sort of the historical nature, but tragic in terms of the loss of, of a life of somebody of significance, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth died overnight at the age of ninety-five. We'll get to that story and some of the significance of it coming up in in just a bit. But Biff, let's reintroduce folks to you okay. since uh, there may be listeners who haven't heard the Ambassador of Soul on the program before. Who is Biff Gore? Well, my name is Bifakovich Gorenskakowski, but uh, wait, go- wait, 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 that's the full name. How am I just learning this? We've been playing and doing things on the radio since 2014. That's my Russian name, but uh, I have uh, shortened it to Biff Gore 
Just for you, Jimmy. No. <laughs> nice simplicities on the radio is pretty good because that last name is even more complicated than Sangenberger. That's right. Well, you know, I read through uh, the brothers Kar- uh, Karamazov about Fyodor Dostoevsky years ago, and I had to take on a, on a character. So that's a character name. But Biff Gore, who am I? I am a. Uh, I am born on the East Coast, so I was. I'm, I'm a. a um, was born in Baltimore and moved here about 27 years ago. Um, I, I have a PhD in public health. Um, I've been in the military. I served eight years in the United States army and, uh, allowed uncle Sam to, uh, pay for all my education, which my was apologies for thing. some reason. I think I said air force earlier. That's that was, okay. Hey, know. listen, listen, you made me sound even <laughs> smarter than I am. That's not, you're not denigrating anything in the army. I love my service in the army, but you know, there's something about when you go to the, uh, when you go to the recruiting station. And the Air Force has one tiny office, and the Army pretty much owns the whole floor. That means it just goes to show you how elite the Air Force is, man. Mm. Can you imagine? And we've got the Air Force Academy in this state. We so do. It's and, pretty cool. And it's cool, and we've got Buckley Air Force Base here. And uh, I've got friends that, that work out there that Space Force now, all, by the way. That's right. And they control all the satellites in the sky, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey. Can you put a satellite? Could you shine a satellite on my house to see if there's any raccoons walking around <laughs> in my backyard? Right, right. Oh goodness! So a little bit more about yourself. Anyway, um, married, seven children, seven beautiful children, and uh, tell us the age ranges though, because okay. that adds a little bit more to it. Well, they're all twelve. No, I'm joking. <laughs> It was, it was Your son's well, right most, there. Most He's like, the time, what? Most of the time when you tell people you have seven children, they go, oh, my goodness, like like you have septuplets or something. Yeah. That would be a burden. But there are ch- our children range from 22 all the way down to four. So, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing because I got I to tell people I have um, – we have built-in babysitting. We have built-in child care. So we have two two nannies and a manny. And my my Manny just turned <laughs> eighteen, so. Well, there you go. Gotta love it. A beautiful family. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, what else? Uh, music. I, Talk about music. Well, I serve as a pastor at Highline Community Church, and I play guitar. I sing. I was on season six of The Voice at a four chair turn. It was a great experience, and now I get to travel all over the world. Um, you and I have crossed, we have crossed, circumnavigated the planet, uh, went to Bangkok right before the plan, I mean the pandemic and, um, got a chance to do music over there. And it was one of the most, uh, incredible experiences of my life and, uh, got to perform there. got to do a little bit of music. I, I, I say that I did music in, in, um, Germany. I, I was stationed in Nuremberg, Germany for four years and I got to sing and, and, um, I wasn't half the musician, the guitarist that I was, you know, then uh, that I am now. But um, on my way back from Thailand, there was a typhoon that hit uh, Japan. I was supposed to go to Japan, back to Houston, back here. I had to go the opposite way. Oh wow! And so I'm grounded in uh, I'm grounded in in, in in Munich for hours and hours and hours, man. So. I whipped out my guitar. There's some music in the airport, and so now I can say, "Hey, I've I've performed on, I've performed all over the world." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's wonderful. I could say I played harmonica on the streets of Taipei, Taiwan. You know so what I'm saying? There's that, you know. Oh yeah, and that was cool. People walking by, like, "Wait, what? What's what's this?" I, I just don't know. I just recently saw an an, uh, an episode of Mash, which was 
sort of my um, that was MASH was my muse back in the day. I love MASH. It was one of the reasons why I went in the military uh, and in the medical field. And there was an episode on there where this kid, uh, he's a soldier. Um, this little boy actually was he was a um, um, he was injured by the military in um, in 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 this episode and the little boy that kept saying, what do you want? What do you want? How can we cheer you up? And they, and he says, someone took my, um, when, when my home was destroyed, my, the only possession that I had was a harmonica. And, uh, so they, the whole episode was based on them trying to figure out really clinger clinger figured out how to get this kid a, another harmonica. And I thought about you and I was like, man, that would, that would be Jimmy. <laughs> this little Korean kid talking about, I need my, I, I need my harmonica. Yeah. Uh, or <laughs> may, maybe there was some kid that saw me in Taiwan. What is that? Oh, that's a harmonica. That's right. Pick up their harp. You never know. You never know, man. You really don't. Biff Gore, the ambassador of soul here in studio. So why the ambassador of soul? Well, when I was on The Voice, uh, Adam Levine loved my style so much. He, he, you know, he they gave he gave me that moniker. He was like, "Hey, you're the ambassador of soul." So that's where that that's where the there moniker came from, and I've lived by that. Um, and and I'm a throwback man to, you know, I'm a product of the '60s. I was born in 1968, and. Uh, I love music. I love old music. I love new music. Yeah, who love, are your influences? Man, um, there's a ska band. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, that really fits. I could totally see Viv. Are you on the ska circuit now? Oh yeah, man. Well, okay. you know, some of those. I mean, reggae was was true. Was uh, ska is the stepson of reggae, and reggae was influenced by Motown. You know, yes. like early Motown. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say Motown, man. I mean that was the prevalent sound when I was coming up. That and then and then it morphed into Motown Philly, which was Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. So early on, it was you know Sam Cooke, uh, and then Luther Van. When I heard Luther Vandross sing, so I, I'm a I am directed my uh, towards crooners. So like Frank Sinatra, Luther Vandross, Michael Bublé is another great one. He's in, he's more on the new the newer side, but all of my influences come from smooth vocals. I mean, the first time I heard uh, Diana Ross sing, and it, you know a lot of people, some people criticize her. Her tone is just so smooth, man. Her and Dionne Warwick and people like that. Mm. I just thought, you know, when you hear them, you can go, man. I just hear the passion in their voices. They love music. They love singing. That's the thing really about music more than anything else is the passion that you bring on stage does a lot for the audience. Mm -hmm. Really does. Yeah. Yeah, you and I got a chance to uh, to – play together up in the mountains i thought that yeah was last gonna, year we yeah. played at uh the steamboat institute's freedom that conference in so 2021 good, and you could just i could feel your passion man as you were playing and um you really have uh you've come a long way since yeah, 2014 I mean, we started doing shows together back in 2014 i think it was independence day weekend yeah. and we did a, a show first time jeff crump was on in the first hour he was the one who brought us together That's right. for it was a special music with crump bringing you on and we had a blast then and that was a few years before four or five years before i started doing any sort of real professional harmonica playing so yeah. um it's it's been a lot of evolution over the past several years i think crumpy knew that um 
I was I was feeling a little weary because I had just gotten kicked off the voice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I had just gotten eliminated, and my season was still going. And anyway, it was just really good to meet you and and get this tradition started, man. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Biff Gore here in studio, the ambassador of soul. He's got his guitar. We'll play our first tune coming up here in a little bit with you. I, I want to bring up something that I, I think is an important sort of takeaway or discussion from news that came out just a few hours ago. Overnight, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI died at the age of 95. Foxnews.com reports that the Vatican announced that he passed away Saturday morning at 9.34 a.m. That, of course, is Vatican time. That would be near Rome in Italy. He was 95 years old. He is most most immediately remembered outside the Catholic Church for his surprise resignation, the first papal abdication since 1415, and subsequent life as the world's first Pope Emeritus in centuries. He was born Joseph Ratzinger on April 16, 1927 in Bavaria, and came of age in Germany after World War I. At the same time, the Nazi regime was growing in power, and his Roman Catholic family, harassed and punished by the Nazi party for their opposition to state policies, shaped his desire to commit to the church, and he was inspired to the priesthood at an early age when he was tasked with presenting flowers to Archbishop Michael von Fauhaber of Munich. There's Munich again. Seeing the clergyman's crimson robes and refined demeanor, the five-year-old Ratzinger declared he would become a cardinal. Of course, eventually he did become a cardinal, and ultimately Pope Benedict XVI. Now, there's been a lot of discussion. Here's a paragraph that's interesting from the Wall Street Journal, Biff Gore. The German pontiff, an introverted academic who usually appeared ill at ease at the center of attention, emerged as a controversial champion of traditional teachings and worship decades before his ascension to the papacy. As And then it goes on talking about some other aspects. But isn't that interesting framing? And we did see when he retired in 2013 and became Pope Emeritus, Pope Francis, who is a Jesuit and having gone to Regis University, the Jesuits are the hippies of the Catholic Church. And we've seen that over the last near decade of Pope Francis's time as pope. There's a real dichotomy. Pope Benedict did have this more traditionalist orientation. He also was a supporter of allowing traditionalist Catholics to do the Latin Mass, which Pope Francis is now cracking down on. But that's controversial. But I guess what Pope Francis is doing, which is different, is not controversial. I'm curious, just as a pastor, not so much a commentary of the Catholic Church per se, but in general of sort of this idea of taking faith and sort of modifying teachings or adjusting things to modern times. And if you want to hold true to more traditionalist orientations, that is controversial. Yeah, I think um, what happens is when we do things that are, um, when we try to conform to the culture that we live in, there's always a a horrific consequence. Uh, The people who are the, you know, the progressives in our culture would say, oh, we have to do this, we've got to do that. And the progressives in the church say the same thing. But 
the Bible tells us that we should never remove the ancient landmarks. And that's why that when the, the churches that are doing really well are the churches that are staying along those mainstream, um, the mainline things that made those churches the mainline. And once you start changing those things, that's when you start that's when you start to see all the controversy and all the um, so really some of the heretical things kind of creep into the church. And so I, I applaud him for, for being a traditionalist. I applaud him for standing on the truth. I know he got sidelined for his health. And, and, and I think he wanted to be a little private about that. And that may be why uh, there is so much weird scrutiny about his life. You know, um, I think he had I think he had some serious health issues and that's why he stepped down or he would have continued in that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because he was also really facing a lot of heat, even though one thing that actually I think this happened. Oh, I can't remember. I got to double he, check. He's actually facing heat because the, the pope before him. Um, didn't handle things the way he should have either. Well, you mean in terms of the abuse? Yeah. I mean, that, so the Pope before him was John Paul II. Oh, yeah. Um, and John popular. Paul II was incredible for the Cold War. Mm-hmm. I mean, and his partnership with Ronald Reagan back in the 80s helped to bring down the Soviet Union. I mean, with, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. But Pope John Paul II didn't handle the cler- clerical abuse in the way that he should have. That's the one thing that really was a knock on a number of papacies. Yeah, and I think, I, and and let's let's not just pile on the uh, Catholic Church. The mm-hmm. uh, the Protestant Church has been um, culpable in this as well, and sweeping things under the rug. And the secular world. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. and so and so basically, like I said, it goes all the way back to let's take it out of denominationalism and let's put it on Matthew 18. When you see something that's not right, you go to that brother and you deal with it immediately. So you would never have these, you would never have these isms and schisms in the church and these, um, these things, uh, these sins that have just perpetrated and, and uh, proliferated for, for centuries. You would never see that if you deal with it right away. Meaning, so, you know, I could come to you and say, Hey man, um, you know, you, and this is just a I'm I'm this is a generality. I'm not saying that you do this, but if but if I was convicted by something that you were doing, I could come to you and be like, "Hey Jimmy, uh man, you shouldn't be smoking cigarettes if you want to be a great heart player. <laughs> you want to be a great heart player, quit smoking right now." And then you would look at me and either say, "I'm either going to do it or I'm not." But but for the love of music and the love of of your passion for excellence, you would say, "Wow, if I didn't smoke, this would probably give me more lung strength. It would do this for me. It would do that. That's Matthew 18, right? Mm-hmm. If you see a brother, if a brother is sinning, caught in a sin, you go to that person and you say, hey, look, you need to straighten this up, man. Uh, and I'm doing this because I love you and because I care about your soul. If that brother is a true brother, that brother will go, okay, I'm, uh, I shouldn't be doing this. If you know that there's abuse in your church, if you know that someone is abusing someone, expose it. Mm. Go to that person and say, stop this and and get out of the ministry, basically. You shouldn't be in the ministry if no. you're hurting people. No, absolutely. And that's regardless of which faith you that's are right. in the ministry for. Hallelujah. One thing about Pope Benedict XVI that he did was he, back in 2011, when he was Pope, 
he exonerated, formally exonerated a Jewish, the Jewish people for the death of Jesus Christ, tackling one of the most controversial issues in Christianity. Uh, and that was something that is of significant note. And you want, you want to talk about sort of the traditionalist notions. That was a big deal for him to do. And then you hear all these critics, oh, he was controversial because he was too traditionalist and this and that. And he was the pope who, in a book, said exonerating the Jews for the death of, of Jesus Christ. Um, but... That aside, when we look at this modern world that we are in and we see the battles going on of faith in public life and whether or not it is tolerated, much less accepted, and what ideas are welcome into the discussion, we've seen a lot of online censorship and so forth of different things relating to social issues and cultural issues Mm -hmm. of late uh, what do you make of that broader discussion as a pastor, Bifcore? Well, I think, um, you know, forgiveness is an individual thing. Um, and, you know, I I'm, I differ in what, um, you know, what the Pope did. I mean, yeah, because I was responsible for Jesus being crucified as well. I mean, my sin put him there. Um, but as far as you mean, as far as like censorship and all kind of stuff, yeah, the discussions and and the the state of faith in our broader public discussion right now, and and how you have censorship and other things of certain yeah. values that are not welcome so much anymore. I think the, the thing we need to do is people need to get over themselves, and we need to learn how to um, what is what is censorship? Censorship is when I don't like your values, and I'm just going to shut you up. I, I think that's just ridiculous. We'll, we'll never ever learn how to debate. You and our children will never ever learn how to question. We should question authority. We should never just go walk in someplace blindly because someone told us that, right? I mean, look at the, look at what the government did to us in the lockdowns for two straight years, mm-hmm. and now the truth is starting to creep out, and people the trust in media is absolutely. Uh, at its lowest point, the trust of government is at its lowest point, mm. and because of all the, sh- the lockdowns and shutdowns and all that stuff, the trust in the church mm. is at one of its lowest points. So, what what do we have to do? We have to create um, a, a space where people can can critically think, mm. and we can debate that, mm-hmm. and. Not say, well, you're a fool because you believe this. No, we need to. We need to debate. We we need to be able to debate. I think censorship is a bad thing. I think it's horrible, and I think that's one of the reasons why you know we can start wars, we can uh, censor the information, and then we can justify it. Mm-hmm. And you know, thirty years from now, when the Truth of Information Act comes out, mm-hmm. people go, oh, well, we were duped into believing this. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. Biff Gore joining us here in studio. Mr. Ambassador of Soul, you want to pick up that git fiddle, that guitar you got well, right there? and I, I think I might want to. Play a little blues. I, I, you know, every year, for years, <laughs> I think, I can't remember the first time we did Stormy Monday. Might have even been in 2014 when you had you in studio. We had you in studio the first time. But Stormy Monday is one of those great blues classics. And Biff Gore, Ambassador of Soul, is here in studio to jam this out and more. We'll go to the break with this, too. Once we're done with the tune, we'll run to the break and we'll continue our conversation. On the other side, lots more up ahead on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. News Talk 710 KNUS.
stormy Monday Tuesday's just as bad Call it stormy Monday Tuesday just as bad Long winds is worse and Thursdays all so bad. flies on Friday Saturday I go out to play the Jimmy Sangerberger that's right on New Year's Eve <laughs> so the eagle fly on Friday Saturday I go out to play Sunday I go to church I get down on my knees and I pray What do you say, Ben? <laughs> Lord have mercy Lord have mercy on me did this with Biff Gore, Ambassador of Soul in studio, but from his album, Playing With My Friends, it's the great late King of the Blues, B.B. King, with none other than Albert Collins. Biff Gore, how about this version of Stormy Monday? It don't get no better than this, my brother. It don't. Yeah, Two kings of the blues singing together, man. It's just incredible. Absolutely. Call it Stormy Monday. It is a blues standard and a great classic tune. Good to be with you once again. The Ambassador of Soul, Biff Gore, here in studio. He is a pastor and father of seven, Army veteran, all-around good guy. And we will play another tune here in just a couple of moments. But first, and you can join in the conversation, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You know, it was just reminded here from Joe from Arvada. I'm seeing that the call screener note is Pele, the noted soccer legend, passed away just a few days ago on the 29th. And by the way, then yesterday on the 30th, Barbara Walters died at the age of 93, and overnight in on the 31st, 
Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI passed away as well at the age of, again, 95. Joe from Nevada, good morning and Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you too, Jimmy. Uh, Pastor uh, uh, Gore, you're an amazing, accomplished person. I I thought, oh, this guy's got to be 70. You're 45? (laughs) Is that no, right? no, 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 no. I'm 54. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Invert the numbers. 54. Yes. Okay. So, well, that's okay. I feel a little better. <laughs> like I, 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 you're, I'm looking at your resume. It's like you're, you're, you're also you're in uh, the medical field too, right? Yes, he is yes. Doctor Biff Gore. That's right. Doctor in oh, public health, goodness. right? That's right. Yes, and uh, um, the, the, what make what put me in the medical field is um. I'm a PA by training. Wow, it just you've done so many things. It's just amazing. I, I'm really proud of you as a pastor too. I, I, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's Pope Ratzinger, Barbara Walters, or Pele. We're all going to be judged on our belief in the Lord Jesus. That's right. And, That's right. And uh, I think. Uh, you know, we we have to realize that that all all of us are none none are God doesn't want any of us to be lost. Doesn't matter which you know one of those people. He's he's uh, wanting us all to come to the knowledge of Jesus. That's right. That's why we just got through Christmas, and I said the greatest um, the greatest gift in the world was Jesus. Christmas is all about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that's a message that preaches all year long. And it's a message that we should really care about people because if God gave us this great gift, we should be telling everybody about the great gift so that they could live and have life everlasting. Sorry about that. Amen. Uh, That's awesome. Um, Well, uh, along those lines, I wanted to also ask you, because you're a pastor, and I know you're not afraid of politics, uh, you know, I I have two questions for you. One, how can we help pastors get over the fear of, you know, joining the political discussion? Because they really need to stand up and speak out about what's going on. Yeah, it really is sad, isn't it? Um, I think one of the Mm -hmm. things that we need to do, as uh, I'm a fellow with the Centennial Institute as well, and I was just talking to, to Jeff about this very thing, Jeff Hunt, who's the uh, the director of the Centennial Institute. If we're going to get, if we are going to curb the tide that is uh, just church complacency, we have to teach people what is what is a worldview, what is a biblical worldview. Um, we're tackling that, and f- next Wednesday. At Highline Community Church, we're we're starting a class of, for the next five six weeks on what is a biblical worldview, because you know a worldview would be this is it, nothing else. We live here. When we die, there's nothing else. But there's more to that. We have these values, and we need to use our voices. You know, God didn't leave us here to be passive. He left us here to occupy, and I don't mean that in a in the sense that. You know, we should. This should. This should be a uh, a Christian government. Um, but I think that if we pay taxes and if we are, if we believe in specific things like the sanctity of life, we need to be out um, telling the people who we've elected um, how they should how they should vote with our money and with our influence. 
Joe, what's your second question? Great answer, a- Biff. Thanks. Amen. Amen. My, my second question is along those lines. What did you think of the candidacy, candidacy of Joe O'Day for Senate? Thanks, Joe in Arvada. Appreciate the call. Wow. I thought Joe O'Day was um, – I like him as a human being. Um, I thought he didn't win because he didn't stand for much. And um, and I think you really do – You people are looking for – solid answers on on specific issues and when you don't stand on those things um you i i think that um people see through that and they go no we don't want the -the run-of-the-mill politician we want people who are going to represent us well i would say michael bennett fits that description very aptly himself so and republicans i i think republicans got shellac no matter what but I do think that one thing that O'Day didn't thread that needle well was on that abortion issue. That's right. Um, and and really, the, the left was able to frame it as Republicans are extremists. Mm-hmm. Republicans are the radicals. And in fact, in Colorado especially, it is the Democrats who are as far out there left wing as you can get. That's right. And they want to be as left wing as they want to get. They want to be as radical and and you know it's worked for them. I mean they have a they have a majority here, uh, a powerful majority. But I think we have a powerful minority here. But and and besides all that, we have the greatest power in the universe living on the inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit, and I'm not talking about the the Republican Party. Um, because I think that establishment politics... Well, no political party, no political is party. salvation for no, any American. No, but I do think that you have to vote your values, and you have to speak your values, and you have to live your values, and you can't just go along to get along, and that's why we're as jacked up as we are today. Hmm. Biff Gore, ambassador of Seoul here in studio. we got to take a break. In the next hour, we're going to step up the music, but if you want to join in the conversation... 303-696-1971 is our telephone number. You can text into the show on the 710K and US app on your smartphone and tweet at me at Sang Center, saying with an E, not an A center on Twitter. And Biff Gore, follow and tweet at him at Biff Gore. Amen. <laughs> we'll pick it up on the other side. Another hour up ahead. Let's have some fun, shall we? Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.